Humanity. My name is Osteris Oz Millet. Today I'm joined by Christian Dasher. Christian, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is uh, Christian Dasher and I am a music major at Young Harris College trying to find some sort of silver lining in this strange COVID 19 era that mm-hmm. we've been put in. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Christian, will you tell us our topic for today? Um, so today I'd like to talk about the implications that COVID-19 has put on who I feel like are the most affected by this virus, which is the performers, uh, musicians, and um, thespians whose mm-hmm. entire purpose or uh, employment is based upon a large crowd of people being entertained and that can no longer happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for certain. Because I was reading, what is it, 5% of actors make enough money to survive strictly on acting, whether it be theater, um, cinema, television. Um, And what is it, like... 10%, 10%, maybe 7% of musicians, um, like orchestral musicians, survive on on their placement. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely. And these guys, um, like yourself, a musician, um, if you were in right now in an orchestra, unless you're in like New York Philharmonic or with London or Germany, you're not getting paid salary. You're getting paid based on uh, practice and based on uh, performances. So if you're doing none of these things, you're basically a gig worker without any opportunities to do anything. You could teach lessons. That's that's a whole issue in itself because um, you can't do in-person lessons. I mean, trying to find someone who would mm-hmm. dare to do so would yeah. be um, impossible. And what... Mm-hmm many people have done now or attempted to do is online lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Online lessons have always been a service that tutors have offered. I know I have advertised that I do Skype lessons. They're cheaper than in-person lessons. Mm -hmm. And that same sort of model transitioned into higher education when universities and college closed down. I know I had to do a Zoom lesson. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the most difficult and aggravating things just because of the very nature of what I'm used to doing, having to rely on technology in the hopes that it appropriately sends what I'm playing and what my professor hears. 
because those two things don't always line up because the microphones, you know, in phones and in computers aren't necessarily the best. And mm -hmm. so they don't pick up everything or in a quality that is what I would deem um, good, yes. let alone perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And yeah, for, for certain in this, because basically acting is a service industry um, of, a, of a different sort, right? Um, mm -hmm. Perhaps, and, and musicians are, are service workers as well. However, in, in a far more technical, far more um, uh, rigorous field that requires numerous years of expert training. So it's it's it is almost a catch twenty two in a sense because you've received all this training so you could be the best, but now you have no outlet to be um, who you are, and because you've received so much training, very few uh, thespians musicians have other training that can be applied except for these lessons. Um, unlike yourself, who is a farmer by trade as well by family. Yes, yeah, so I, I am very fortunate that I do have something to fall back on, but farming isn't really what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And during this time, there's one thing that I've seen be brought up time and time again by various um, composers, conductors, and educators within the music realm, is that use this as a time for practice use this as a time to hone your craft and skills mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where I, I don't want to disagree entirely, but not everybody has the, I guess, privilege to do those things because that nothing sounds that bad in what they've said, but not everybody cannot work. Um, mm -hmm. People are still having to find other ways to have an income. Oh, yes. And so there's just this kind of hallmarky resentment or tone in, what, in their remarks that leave me feeling disdained because they've already made it. They have already had, they've had their career and mm -hmm. they still have their career. Whereas someone like me who is very much goal oriented yes, in my practicing. And since I have, I have no goals right now because it's what 18 to 24 months before large venues we'll go back to some realm of normalcy before this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so to hear someone who is not facing the same, um, the same troubles as me mm. just really grinds my gears, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. Cause I know you, you, you like 
practicing, you like performing, you like other things as well. But that is a big part of who you are. So the the fact that you can't do it is should be upsetting. Obviously, we we can't blame uh, society or the situation. We can blame um, the the officials or the politicians or the policymakers if we return to the state of normality, right? Normalcy mm-hmm. before we should, and then it'll cause whole sweeping problems. Like if an opera were to happen or a play or, or a concert were to happen in three months, I will not go to it. No, no months. one, no one would. And the troubling thing is as of right now, I know in the state of Georgia, the plan of action when it comes to schools is to open up traditional schools, but have some soft guidelines. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. They recommend desks six feet apart. They recommend sanitization of Mm -hmm. every object. Students not bringing, um, students bringing their own food from home and not relying on the cafeteria. Yeah. And so many of those things can't really happen in a traditional school setting. And those same guidelines, I assume, are being applied to colleges and universities. And so there's no way you can have a band or choir ensemble that is six feet apart. There's just not enough space for it. Mm hmm. In choirs alone, choirs and operas will be the ones hit, I think, the hardest mm, mm. because you cannot, you just, you certainly can't sing. You, you can't do that because the virus can, if you're singing correctly, you can project aerosols from your body up to 16 feet away. And so you're not only putting your peers at risk. You're also putting the audience at risk to the point where it's just not feasible. Mm-hmm. And then some people have suggested, well, what if we sing with masks on? And while that may help, what that does is just introduce a new set of problems. Because if you're bringing, if you're singing with a mask on, what's likely to happen is you would then have breathing issues because it'd just be harder to breathe. And so the benefits just don't outweigh the cons. And so we probably won't see choirs until a vaccine is created that is effective. Mm-hmm. Again, which is at that 18 to 24 month time span, they figure. And so I just don't know if these smaller opera houses and smaller college ensembles are going to be able to survive. Mm. Like that's, it really is um, really cynical, but that's what I'm worried about is all of these opportunities that were present Mm. for this new generation of musicians isn't going to be able to last not having a revenue stream yeah yeah for certain and speaking of revenue right i think that for many of these uh theater companies operas 
um, orchestras if they are to open soon and then not to have the large crowds because many of these um, accompaniments operate on like minimal gains and profit. So like if they're not filled out, then they then the show is not profitable. It's uh, a net net negative return. So like if we're investing this time into the stagecraft, into the set design, into getting our 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 actors, our our musicians, our our um, singers in, and then we have like a hundred seats open in a thousand seat um, auditorium, then we have spent more time and money on the stagecraft, on the preparation, than we will make in return. So we're actually making nothing so to restart these things early in the long run would cause um, a loss in profits it's it's a really tricky balancing act of trying to satisfy both parties because you're not going to be able to do it the only thing that um the only thing that i could see happening which is a popular idea right now is that just virtual stream yeah. performances mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where you will not allow an audience. This is what the Met has been doing. The Met opera during this mm-hmm. time is they've just been streaming their operas for free. Although I feel like in the near future, they're no longer going to do that. And they'll charge some sort of pay per view system to watch it. And I feel like maybe that could help. Mm-hmm. But again, there's so much stuff going on backstage that you can't enforce guidelines. You could say that you're following guidelines, but that doesn't mean they're being enforced. There's too much crossing hands there's too much crossing paths there Mm -hmm. probably won't be enough um n95 masks to help Mm -hmm. i mean cloth masks do help Mm -hmm. but it's just not the same absolutely absolutely I, i fully agree with you um, the virtual concert is an interesting thing because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, at first I was thinking uh, we could probably get some, like, because most of these facilities are are closed, we can at least have, like, private showings with, like, the, the missed hologram system with, like, the actors doing the, the virtual... Um, performances or the musicians doing the virtual performances and then have them projected on these holograms on the stage so that they look like they're there and have people spaced 10 feet apart like you know extremely wealthy people so that it offsets the cost of this because some people will pay just to be at the location to witness um, the concert or the performances that'd be interesting to see um but I just have doubts if a business will Mm -hmm. opt to do those things. Whereas it's easier for me to believe that's what the educational system will do. Um, I don't think any middle school 
or any public system or collegiate level ensemble will have a live audience in the next two years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just don't see that as a thing unless a vaccine is found soon. Absolutely. But even then, you still have the difficulties that come along with meeting because um, a very prominent choir choral composer Eric Whitaker, what he does is he started this project in the early 2000s called the Virtual Choir Project. Mm -hmm. And what he asks is everyone submit a video of themselves singing at home. And then he and his team pour through the thousands of videos and they edit them together. And then you have a virtual choir. And unfortunately, some people see this and they think, oh, well, I don't think we actually need a physical choir anymore. Why don't we just go virtual full time even after this pandemic, you know? <laughs> and that's one of the, what, do you, what to call it? Um, unintended mishaps, I guess, from administration in the educational system mm -hmm. as something that has been used as a means to get people practicing or performing again mm -hmm. is now being used as a way to take that back away because it'd just be cheaper in the future to not have to have a in-school classroom, they can just do it outside of the school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you, um, well, that raises a few questions then. So do you think that like small universities, small schools will, will recover it? Because in a lot of areas, right, you go to private universities, a lot of people around, though they might be elderly, they're wealthy and they don't really trust scientists all that much. So in my opinion, I could see if that is if somehow the administration was fully controlled by the viewership, that these people would be willing to be in the audience and not six feet apart. I feel like even though the audience would want to be there, it would be very hard to convince the performers to show oh, up um, an audience isn't going to show up if they realize that who they're going to see refuses to play mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I know going back into this next um, concert cycle I'm not looking forward to anybody in the audience because um, I feel like what most people are going to do is opt in for the live stream. If you mm -hmm. must collect a revenue for it, just pay to view it. I feel like that would probably be the safest option. But even then, I know in concert band or a wind ensemble, there's still some issues. Even if you were to separate them, there was there was a study in Germany where they wanted to see in their orchestras 
how the clarinets and horns and other instruments, since they use air, how much of it actually spread. Mm-hmm. And their findings were better than what we were thinking at first, because you automatically think, oh, you're blowing air through a horn and that air goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Similar to similar to singing. What, what they found was that's not quite the case. Um, the aerosols didn't leave that far from the horn and that they were actually slowed by the instrument. They still got out, but yeah. not nearly yes. as far as they did. And so that's a good sign for concert bands returning. Mm. So now we have an idea of, okay, so we can perhaps socially distance a band. So that's good. And now there's all these ideas, um, these ideas and contraptions, I'd call them, that were Mm -hmm. novelty ideas before this, but now they're being used as a way to, hey, if we do, if we use this item here, it may stop the spread of aerosols. And one of these Mm -hmm. is called a wind fender for a flute. And the flute is the largest culprit that people suspect in the wind band to actually spread the virus because Mm -hmm. it's not actually going through the instrument. The performer is blowing right over a tone hole and all that air that they're blowing goes straight in front of them. And so similar to singing, you could expect that to travel eight to 16 feet. Well, what a wind Mm -hmm. fender was before this is a wind guard and a sound monitor if you were to use a flute in a rock band sort of situation to protect outside interference with messing with the microphone. And so now we have this very niche contraption on, already on the market that could be used as a means for flute players to protect the people around them. Now, whenever it comes to flutes, they also, the popular style of flute today is the transverse flute, where the flute is played from the side. Well, there's a company that now makes them have a unique head joint to where you play the Mm -hmm. flute like a clarinet perpendicular to the ground. And so this would decrease the amount of space that they would need because normally flutes need twice the amount of space just for Mm -hmm. their posture and compared to the rest of the band. And so this device was created for those that have physical disabilities. And so here, here we are, another contraption that could actually Mm -hmm. help prop up the concert band so they could be more safe for future performances. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see, and I'm hoping that 
more of these types of inventions will be created so that we could have live streamed and safe performances again. Because without performances, mm. it's hard for universities and colleges to have accreditation because everything that you, I do in my degree, there has to be a performance alongside it. And then because I did that performance, it counts towards my accreditation and my bachelor's. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. That makes sense. I'm sorry. I had to look up the the flute extension you were mentioning so I could see what it looked like. Um, this one is uh, called the, uh, let me see, the upright head joint. Okay. The upright head joint. Because I, I, I think I know what it looks like. It, it looks like a, a standard flute. Um, just there's a in in the same way as a clarinet, mm -hmm. like you said. Ah, yes, yes, I see it. Okay. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, and does this also apply to like the piccolo? I'm not sure if it does, but if it doesn't, if there's not an invention for the piccolo. At least you could, at least you could double the part in the flute because mm -hmm. there's just mm -hmm. doubling a part is better than not having it at all. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I'm glad you told me that because because I could see how that could definitely a flute as well, an instrument that is um that is not parallel with the body, but perpendicular. So it's literally blowing out towards mm -hmm. someone else who's sitting beside you um, could be a problem. So this head joint um, definitely helps with that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So what else do you have for us? I guess one thing, another thing that, um, I know others have struggled with during this time that are musicians is just finding the, the drive to practice, just knowing that there isn't anything available or anything to do. So just trying to mm -hmm. find inspiration to do that. Because so much okay. of music is interpersonal mm -hmm. that I know here in my living situation, I can't really practice because my family, who I live with, they don't like to hear it. Ah. Um, so I can only assume other families are also like this, where they just get annoyed by hearing the sound. And whenever you're practicing, it doesn't ever sound like the finished project. Like you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to play things repeatedly until you get them perfect. Yes. And so that is going to drive some people. I want I dare I say crazy. And even if you don't live at home, you may live by yourself, but in an apartment complex, that could also be an issue. 
with mm-hmm. annoying your neighbors. It's just very hard to do. And looking forward into the future back at Young Harris College, I worry that practice rooms won't be a thing just because if you have people coming into a small room practicing and then leaving the aerosols have no place to go so they're going to be trapped in that room and so if you go in there Mm -hmm. you risk infecting yourself and if other people go in there it the risk just exponentially increases Mm-hmm. And then, okay, without practice rooms, where are people supposed to practice? And so it's just this pit that just kind of feeds into itself of if people don't do this, or they can't do this, then they can't do that. And so just I, I fear a greater overall drop in quality by the time that live performances can come together because I feel like it would be naive to say that people use this time to practice and get better or people are just trying to get by right now. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, definitely, definitely. So um, whenever you do have the opportunity to practice, where do you go? Do you go to a barn? <laughs> do you go outside? Um, no. So for being in South Georgia, humidity isn't the best thing for woodwind pads. So mm-hmm. I try to practice in the furthest part in my house away from everybody else's room and try to limit myself to 30 minutes and because at 30 minutes, that's not too bad, I'd say. And everybody else can just mm-hmm. kind of, they go with it. They're not too thrilled about it. Yes. Um, but, mm. Okay. Okay. I, I feel, I feel the same because whenever I'm recording the podcast, I'm here. People are yelling around. I step outside, it's like 30 degrees Celsius, so I come back inside, they stare at me, I leave, I'm recording the podcast, and someone knocks on the door, I'm like, what do you need, and they're like, never mind, and he continues like this every single time, it's almost as though they get some pleasure out of interrupting the podcast. I mean, the same thing happens with me when I practice, Um, somebody will knock on the door, come in say that they're on the phone and I need to stop or hi, we're trying to watch something. Would you mind? Um, (laughs) So it does have its fair share. I don't think I've had too good of a practice session since quarantine has or self quarantine has started. Um, But there's definitely Mm -hmm. the, um, concern of I feel like other musicians are also having this same sort of issue in the fact that the rooms in my house 
are not noise friendly, I guess is a safe, safe, safe way to say it. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like they're just too live. And so it hurts my ears after a while. And so ear damage yeah. is another thing. Whereas if I were at Young Harris, I could go into one of the practice rooms and the rooms have already been soundproofed to where you don't damage your ears. And in the same vein mm-hmm. of space, I don't think many colleges or universities in the nation have the space to actually fit everybody together in a concert band setting if they were to enforce social distancing guidelines. Um, That study in Germany, Mm -hmm. they said, while the results were better than we were anticipating, we still suggest three to five meters apart from one another. Mm -hmm. And just every once in a while, some prominent director will speak about it. Mm -hmm. And it just seems that they don't really, I don't want to say care, but they're putting their job position in music higher than the safety of their students. And the fact that they they uh, they don't want to admit that they can't have their live performance and that they can't meet as an ensemble. And so with directors like that, I worry <laughs> that many other students who trust them will be put at risk because in, back in March in a church... 45 of the 60 at at a choir rehearsal got sick. Mm-hmm. 45 out of 60. Okay. So these, I just know that directors are just trying to do what's best for their ensemble. Mm-hmm. But they're not viewing their ensemble as people. I feel like they're viewing their ensemble almost as a machine because there's this Mm. continuous need to get better and to progress as a group. And you can't do that if you don't meet. And every single band director and every single choir director has said the same thing. I can't teach an empty seat whenever someone's absent in a class. I everyone has heard Mm -hmm. that before and while it's true I feel like that's the wrong mentality to have right now but it's going to happen I can just I'm predicting it now musicians are going to get sick because of directors still wanting to meet in person and they're going to Yes. my my biggest fear is they're going to say that they're (laughs) following guidelines but there will be Mm -hmm. no entity to actually 
verify or make sure that they are. Because at Young Harris College, there's no way that you could fit in the band room. There's just no way you could sit 60 people six feet apart. There's just not mm-hmm. the space for it. And I don't space for it anywhere unless they let us use a gymnasium. But I don't know if that'll even happen. Yeah, for certain. For certain. Mm. Mm. This is interesting to think about. Because now I can see why near the beginning you said you don't see it happening what, anywhere between 14 and 18 months, perhaps two years? Because this is, this is similar to uh, Spanish influenza. Even after it was decided that it was pretty much defeated as a pandemic, uh, still for years on, people didn't really associate in the same way that they did. And during the Romantic period, we see that a lot of literature is just talking about consumption, um, just just speaking on tuberculosis. And people often wonder, why are they always talking about dying from tuberculosis, um, their lungs not being able to work and, and drowning in their own uh, mucus? Why is this everything? But now we see our own media is heavily associated with this. We have like all these... Um, as they call themselves comedians on Instagram and YouTube who are only making skits and things about um, the coronavirus. And it it appears that this is our new tuberculosis, that this is a part of our um, intergenerational memory now. And down the line, people look at this and be like, well, this is whenever, hopefully not, but it's possible. This is whenever opera died. Uh, live opera. This is whenever live opera ended for for a long time. You know, hopefully it comes back. But, you know, this is whenever we stopped having live concerts. We stopped having sports globally for the first time in what? In what? A hundred yeah, years? It's, it's going to be a tough catwalk for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't think live performances are dead, at least for mainstream artists, to where the audience, there's a greater audience for it. Because with the conception Mm -hmm. of streaming, musicians, they finally started to get some revenue from their music. Because once streaming became available... You know, illegal downloads were on the decline. But a musician's Mm -hmm. major point of revenue is from live performances, live tours. So Mm -hmm. there's still a demand for live tours. I don't think that is ever going to weigh. People are going to want to see their favorite artists in person Mm -hmm. before they pass away. Um, or before they just stopped touring altogether. Like um, Harry Styles, he was supposed to have one this summer. But he canceled it because of COVID-19. But I can guarantee you, mm-hmm. when a vaccine has been created 
and he feels comfortable performing again, he's going to start another tour and people will be lining up to Mm -hmm. see it once again, because that is, that is just how in demand he is. What I'm more worried about Mm -hmm. are those small mom and pop shop theaters or even smaller chains of theaters that rely on people coming in weekly to get by live performances. Yeah. Because those don't nearly have the appeal or the gravitas around them that they don't attract the same numbers as mm-hmm. people as headliners do because the headliners Mm -hmm. they will always be able to bounce back they're too big to fail essentially um but it's it's the smaller artists that are going to have the toughest time with this because they just don't have the means to make it until the vaccine is created and it's safe to go back in public again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Dang. Not now I'm afraid to even uh leave my, <laughs> my front door, Christian. Uh, well if you do be sure to wear a mask to help help prevent the spread, you know. You know, um, you know, I don't believe in science. Our president told me if I if I clean myself with bleach, I'll be fine. Well, you can't so, catch it if you're dead. You know, I'm. You're right. You're right. So I might as well just go out. The only reason why the numbers are going up, Asteris, is because more testing is becoming available. Hey, that, that sounds that sounds like a real thing. That sounds like uh, something I I would hear on a news channel that that's similar to Coyote, the Coyote News Network. Um, maybe <laughs> the Wolf News Network? No, no, that's not right. It's something like that. But yeah, the test. You know, we've always had it. It's, it's just the flu. It's just different. It's different. I'm not worried, man. Hey, hey, if they want to sacrifice themselves, you know, sacrifice yourself for the economy. That's what I say. Well, more obviously, more people are going to die if the economy doesn't open back up, Pastor East. You're right, Christian Dasher. It will. More people will die. If the economy doesn't open, because the economy provides us health care, it provides us government subsidies, it provides poor people with housing. That's why L.A. is the um, has the lowest rate of homelessness in the world. I mean, come on now. That's obvious. Come on. But in truth, everyone is listening to In Defense of Humanity. If you're wondering, this is sarcasm. You were being sarcastic. Oh, <laughs> uh, you were being serious. That's a, that's a whole <laughs> other problem. 
it's uh it's interesting that's what i'll say uh but not necessarily uh but yeah 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 christian dasher i'm glad you you brought this this episode of of modern musicology right because we're studying music no i'm kidding i shouldn't use that word like this uh but modern study of social dynamics associated with live performance. Yeah, that has a better ring to it. Um, Yeah. Um, Because of the coronavirus, COVID-19. 2019 COVID. Also, to anyone who's listening, don't say we had 18 other COVIDs. It was because it came to prevalence in 2019. Please don't be that guy who says there were 19 other coronaviruses or 18 other coronaviruses that were discovered before uh, COVID-19. There are plenty of coronaviruses, but that's not what COVID-19 means. Uh, Thank you. Please be aware. Don't, don't, don't get caught slipping out there, audience members. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you have any other words? Please say? keep the performing gig workers, you know, in your thoughts if you know. If you have a friend who is one, reach out to them, give your condolences, see if they need help Mm -hmm. with anything. You know, one of the greatest truths that I've heard since gigging is that a gig worker buys a $500 horn, spends $100 gas, just to go to a gig that pays them $50, you know? Um, yeah. So it was hard beforehand being one, but being one now is a, is a lot worse. Mm-hmm. For certain, for certain. And once again, thank you, Christian Dasher. I, I appreciate you. If, if you ever contact, um, Muhammad uh, Prancer, tell him okay. we'll take him on. Or you know, if you if you ever contact <laughs> Mr. Rudolph, you know, send him our way as well. I will. You know, um, Blitzen, if you ever contact uh, Hildegard Blitzen, tell her we're here as well. You know, I don't know if you have a reindeer, so I'm gonna stop. Uh, <laughs> But but truly, thank you, Christian Dasher. I'm glad you were able to join the podcast again and continue our conversation in an unfortunate but necessary turn about music. Um, I hope you can join us again soon. To all the audience, we thank you. 